with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. It's the Thursday edition, and we have Alan Wishart filling in for Trudy Clausen with a guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. But to start today's program, this is Monday morning's edition of Frontburner from CBC News. Hi, I'm Angela Starrett. If you, if you need my name, uh, you can get it through Romana. She's the new commander-in-chief. Uh, I'll be reporting back. So she's... Romana's the new chief commander of Canada. Yeah, okay. That's a clip from a video posted online this summer. A man headed into a police station to deliver a letter with an order to stop all COVID-19 restrictions. And that there, folks, is what you call... Putting them on notice. He says he's doing this on behalf of someone named Romana, who he says is the new commander-in-chief of Canada. He's referring to Romana Didalo, a middle-aged woman in British Columbia who's become an unlikely influencer in the QAnon conspiracy world and whose escalating violent rhetoric has now put her on the radar of the RCMP and led to the arrest of one of her alleged followers. Today, Vice News' Mac Lamoureux is here to explain the disturbing latest twist in the QAnon conspiracy world right here at home. Hey, Mac. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for for being here today and taking us through this. I'm wondering if you could bring me back to the sort of origins of this, this figure. You follow this world very closely. When did she first come on your radar? So she came on my radar around spring of this year, um, and kind of prior to that, she had started this kind of go-nowhere, had-no-follower political party she called Canada First. Um, but in early 2021, she declared herself the Queen of Canada and started going in more of this rhetoric that we're familiar with today of what she's kind of spreading. Um, and that also kind of didn't go anywhere. But when some pretty big players within the QAnon movement, uh, quote unquote, confirmed her and kind of started sharing her videos around, followers went to her and drove. She went from maybe having like 13 to 15 followers to all of a sudden having over 20,000. Um, and that's wow. when I kind of started paying attention to her is when her profile exploded in the spring of this year. Hello, Canada. I'm Romana Didolo. I'm the founder and leader of Canada First. As of February this year, 2021, I am the head of state and commander-in-chief of Canada, the Republic. In case you're wondering... We know that she's claiming to be the Queen of Canada. Um, what is her role in, in this QAnon conspiracy universe? Yeah, so... The QAnon movement uh, revolves around this idea that there's like this secret army that's fighting alongside Donald Trump, uh, going to war against like this evil deep state that's made up of this sort of pedophilic cabal of politicians, journalists, celebrities, kind of the elite. And it was all kind of centered around these posts made by the titular Q, who would kind of post cryptic messages on online forums. And so she's inserted herself directly into this mythos um, as this figure who was put into power 
power by the White Hats, which is the army that's fighting alongside Donald Trump. Uh, and she was put into power to lead Canada into the future. So whereas other kind of influencers are kind of analyzing the posts of Q and kind of being more analytical, she's kind of positioning herself as this kind of mythological figure where hmm. – it's been over a year since Q is posted, and it's left a, quite a bit of a vacuum, and it's allowing people like her to set up within there. Wow. So if, if she's the queen, the, the commander-in-chief, who, who is the actual queen? Like, where are our actual political leaders here? Oh, uh, they're all dead. Uh, they've all been arrested and executed long time ago uh, within this conspiracy. Know this. Inside the Republic. The penalty for crimes against humanity. Treason. Economic sabotage and bioterrorism is death. She's even posted several times and made videos several times about how the Queen has been executed. This is what they actually believe, that the, that our, yeah. the Queen of England is been executed. Yeah, uh, a, a center part of this entire kind of conspiracy is these mass executions that are taking place behind the scenes. Um, and it goes, it holds true throughout the entire kind of QAnon ecosystem is that what you're seeing isn't actually what's happening. Um, in some cases, doubles have been put in place or that they just kind of disappear. So like uh, the interesting thing about this movement is that it is kind of a big tent conspiracy movement. So there's a lot of people within it that kind of have different beliefs, but a lot of it kind of comes back to this center of violence. Wow. And I want to get to that in a bit, because that's, I think, the more disturbing element of this story. But what do we know about who she is in the real world? So honestly, we don't know all that much. I've tried to speak to people who seemingly knew her before she kind of took on this new role. But hmm. at this point, I've been unsuccessful. Um, so what we know is that she's a, a middle-aged woman of Filipino descent uh, living in Victoria. She says she came over here very young with her uncle after her parents died. Um, tracking her online history, we can see that she's kind of – for a little while, positioned herself as kind of a business expert uh, that could help you kind of succeed in the business world, but that went nowhere. And on top of that, she kind of formed all these corporations, but also they all went nowhere. But other than that, we don't know very much about her, to be completely honest. to talk about her following you you mentioned her following exploded this year just how big is her her following at this point yeah so from this year she went from someone who no one really knew anything about to having over 70,000 followers on telegram now and how many of those are journalists or trolls or people that are just there to kind of watch and to lurk uh is unknown but what I can say is that within that number, a good portion of it are true believers, um, certainly within the thousands, uh, mostly in Canada, but across the world. And they love their queen. And, and Telegram, it's basically I was seeing people on Instagram saying they'd been kicked off or they'd been booted off Instagram and Twitter. And so people have gone to this this platform called Telegram, which I originally thought was just sort of like WhatsApp um, in a way. But what is it kind of like a Twitter? Like you can have followers. What is it? What are, are people posting on it in the same way as they would on Twitter? Or is it more like WhatsApp? 
Yeah, it'd be more like giant WhatsApp groups. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a social media platform kind of just known for its very lax moderation rules. Um, and so when you kind of get into like harder regimes, like say like China or places where pol- being a political dissident is actually very important, uh, this is a great tool. But within kind of Western um, society, it's been primarily known for being used by kind of extremists and people that are uh, been booted off more traditional social media platforms like Facebook or Twitter. Mm. Do you have a sense of who her followers are? That's a really hard one because uh, kind of with any movement, they kind of come in all shapes and sizes. But uh, just this week, she held her first ever live stream where her followers could interact with her, uh, mm. which was very interesting to watch. I watched the entire thing uh, and let my brain melt a little bit. Um <laughs> So within that group, uh, a lot of them are kind of older people, uh, many of whom seem desperate. But there's also some younger people. There was a younger woman in there that was kind of telling her she was going through a medical episode where she was losing her teeth and was begging uh, Queen Romana to help heal her teeth. And that's one thing that's kind of constant within this group is uh, Queen Romana is offering kind of healing Mm. abilities. uh, And these people are coming to her with asks. But a lot of these people kind of seem to be some of the people you would see in kind of like homeopathy stores buying crystals, but you don't really want to paint the community with one brush. It's it's really hard to wrap my head around anyways as to how these happens. I mean, you've written mm-hmm. um, that the members run the gamut from electricians to real estate agents to outdoor guides. Yeah, it's it's kind of, as I said, it kind of runs the gamut. And um, there are real estate agents, there are kind of kind of blue collar people. Uh, there's going to be I remember there was one I found that works in art curation in Quebec. And it's all over the place. And a lot of it is people that have kind of been opposing kind of pandemic uh, regulations and kind of have fallen just so far down the rabbit hole of this narrative. And this is just kind of a continuation of that. Yeah. And I mean, I want to talk about like how her followers are really loyal to her. I, I understand that it's it's hard to tell who's taking what she says seriously versus who sees it as just, you know, I guess a form of entertainment. But I guess there are some people who are willing to act on her behalf. We heard a bit of that in the intro. Mm-hmm. So before this latest escalation, which we're going to get to in a minute, what had we seen her followers do on her behalf? Yeah, so one of the really um, concerning things about uh, Romana is that she's been able to mobilize her rather large audience um, offline. Mm-hmm. Her audience is not passive. They, they are very active, as you heard in the video, as you just mentioned. I just wonder if this detachment's been served the cease and desist order? A cease and desist? Yeah, anything related to the authority of COVID? So, like, kind of their first really big, I guess you could call it group project, was to file these kind of cease and desist orders that demanded in the name of Queen Romana that businesses, uh, institutions, uh, what have you, stop enacting any sort of pandemic regulations. So you're not going to let me purchase this Okay. Okay. What I'm here, I'm going to the police station right now. Right now, I'm and I'm going to arrange a holding cell for your, for all of you. Okay. I'm going to leave this with you. You're being served a cease and desist order. Thank you. These, what you're administering, are war crimes. Um, And so they formed into regional groups where they could better organize, and then. 
they kind of went hard. Uh, they started sending out these cease and desist orders on the hundreds. They started keeping spreadsheets on where they were going and delivering it uh, by hand. In one case uh, in Alberta, uh, a group of her followers actually got kicked out of a, a high school for going into the high school and handing it out in there. Thousands of letters were sent, and all of them were essentially saying, uh, stop on behalf of our new queen um, or else. And I really want to get the point across that this was a large campaign. A ton of these letters got sent out. So these are people that aren't just sitting at home and watching Telegram or watching YouTube videos and just kind of sitting on the couch. These are people willing to get up off their seat and do something uh, for their queen. That is part one of Monday Morning's Front Burner from CBC News here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. We'll have part two coming up in a moment here on After 9. Tune in on Sunday mornings at 8.30 for a Let the Bible Speak radio broadcast. This is Pastor Andrew Simpson, and each week on our program we will hear Christ Jesus being preached, gospel hymns being sung, and encouraging news from our churches in British Columbia. Our goal at Let the Bible Speak is to preach Christ in all his fullness, to man in all his need. So tune in on Sunday mornings at 8.30 for Let the Bible Speak only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Legion Corner on 6th is open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evenings. Friday and Saturday nights include their popular meat draws featuring five draws each night between 4.30 and 6.30. It's your chance to win gift cards to Homesteader Meats. Pick up your tickets when you dine in or pick up your food order. But you must be on site to win. Anyone 19 or older is welcome. The Legion Corner, open Thursday, Friday and Saturday from 4 to 7 at 1116 6th Avenue. Vantage Point is offering a capacity lab starting February 16th. A capacity lab blends in-class learning with expert consulting to produce a capacity-enhancing plan for your nonprofit organization. Senior staff and board members are invited to explore best ways to move your organization forward. Registration and full details can be found through the training link at thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point's Capacity Lab, seven Wednesdays over five months starting February 16th. Application deadline is January 16th. Forecast from Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today, wind from the south at 20, a high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 9. Partly cloudy tonight, south wind becoming light late this evening, a low of minus 7 with a wind chill to minus 12. For Friday, mainly cloudy with a few flurries, wind from the south at 40 gusting to 60 in the morning, a high of 0 with a morning wind chill to minus 15. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And now part two of Monday Morning's Front Burner from CBC News. I suppose this is all especially concerning because her calls to action have recently escalated. How have her calls to action escalated? As I said earlier, kind of violence and kind of these mass executions have been at the center of kind of her following. But they have always been kind of behind the scenes, something celebrated but not really spoken about directly. Um, but recently in the last two weeks, uh, Romana has really escalated her rhetoric. It's, it's a tad bit confusing, so bear with me. But so essentially about two weeks ago, she issued an order to, you know, her soldiers in quote unquote, her kingdom of Canada's military, uh, demanding 
that these kind of white hats, but also her followers who consider themselves soldiers within this group, which are a subsect, to go and commit mass arrests of the people that they consider in opposition. But within this post, she also said, and I'm going to quote directly here, shoot to kill anyone who tries to inject children under the age of 19 years old with Corona-19 vaccines slash bioweapons or any other vaccines, which is a pretty extreme thing to say to your audience. Um, It was so extreme. It actually got kicked off Telegram, which we were talking about is incredibly lax for its rules. The post has said now says this post has been removed because it issued a call to violence. Um, And at the same time, she started organizing these groups called uh, Duck Hunters, which were essentially her followers who wanted to get their hands dirty alongside these white hats and following her order. Um, They created private chats for themselves through kind of Romana sharing these links. Um, And I got inside some of these. And within these chats, uh, they were sharing addresses where places were facilitating vaccines for kids. And these things, you calling them duck hunters, the queen of Canada, They do seem very goofy on a surface level, but they're goofy until they're not. They're goofy until someone gets hurt. Um, And I think we're nearing that precipice. I understand someone even posted a picture of their guns. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody posted pictures of kind of their hunting weapons. It was a few rifles, one shotgun and said, I'm ready to go hunting. Let's do this. And a lot of other people were being offering their homes to let the American duck hunters, which would have been the white hats coming up to stay with them or celebrating the, uh, that they were going to get this training to go out and do this. And like a lot of them were and still are ready to kind of take part in this. That's all super alarming to hear. And I would have to imagine this is on the radar of law enforcement at this point. What do we know about their response to Romana's post so far? Yeah. So the weekend after she made this post, so about uh, a week ago, the last weekend of November, um, BC RCMP executed a search warrant on Romana. Uh, That I do know. I tried to get my hands on the search warrant, but the records are actually sealed right now. Um, she made a live stream where she kind of discussed what happened to her followers. So we're going to have to actually take her word on this because RCMP won't talk to me. But she said that she had her electronics seized um, and that she was taken to a nearby psychiatric hospital for evaluation. um, And then she was released. And she told her followers this in a very long and meandering kind of live stream on Telegram. And what have experts told you about this response? Um, One expert I spoke to who has been in this extreme space for years and years said that he's never, ever heard of this kind of response to somebody kind of issuing this kind of decree to somebody kind of doing something that could relate to domestic terror. Um, And I think it also points to the fact that this is an incredibly new and bizarre kind of thing for law enforcement to deal with. And I think they're still trying to get their heads around it. They're still trying to figure out what's the best way to handle this. Hmm. And that wasn't the only response from law enforcement. I understand one of her alleged followers was was also arrested in the last few days. Yeah. So earlier this week, um, one of Queen Romana's followers was arrested in Laval, Quebec. Um, He's a 42-year-old man who was active within the Duck Hunters chat. Um, In there, I saw that he had posted details of his daughter's school. Uh, who were offering vaccinations for the people who go there, uh, the students. 
Uh, and at the end of this kind of long post detailing the address and what times the vaccinations were happening, he wrote, time to hunt, uh, bang, bang. Uh, and we know he's been arrested by Laval police, but we don't know if he's been charged. And one of the kind of really unique things in this is that in the press release that Laval police put out, they said directly, explicitly that they learned about this post from a CBC article outlining it. And that kind of just shows the lack of understanding and just kind of uh, how kind of a step behind, I would say, most law enforcement, especially local law enforcement is. And you have to be incredibly nimble to deal with these kind of things because they are so fast moving and mm. so bizarre. And, uh, you know, a lot of our Canadian institutions and a lot of the institutions to the south of us uh, are a lot of things, but nimble is not one of them. And I understand her, her her rhetoric. It's changed now a bit, right? Yeah. So the rhetoric around the violence, uh, she's walking it back incredibly hard. Um, the response by the RCMP and the response by Laval police against one of her followers may have shown her that this is very real. But also she's not stopping and she's not kind of pulling back in regards to increasing her following. Uh, so she's been going more so on the direction of offering kind of healing for her followers rather than kind of promising that they can take part in violence. But again, this is it's so fluid and it happens so quickly that you don't even know what's going to happen day to day. But it's changed quite a bit. And this whole thing, as I mentioned earlier, is mutating. So it's going to be interesting to see where this ends up. Um, hopefully it doesn't end in tragedy. I mean, this all just sounds so strange, and it also almost sounds, and this is controversial to say, but it sounds like a cult. I, I would be in full agreement with that. Uh, I consider a lot of stuff to do with QAnon um, to be very, very cult-like. We're seeing something actually happen down in uh, Dallas right now uh, surrounding this kind of cult that believes JFK is going to be coming back. JFK is alive. You'll find out. And people are actually leaving their homes and going to follow this guy who goes by the name Negative 48. And they're kind of going and living with him in Dallas and they're talking about kind of setting up maybe some sort of uh, commune down there. And some journalists I know, uh, my colleague David Gilbert, has been following along very closely. And they just recently held like a big talk where they discussed um, – having to escape, I think, the mortal coils through real death to kind of further their journey, which is incredibly alarming. Do we have to experience that physical death, let go of where you go and, and come out on the other side, burn burn everything that doesn't serve us, burn all the lies away, and only yeah. all this left is the truth. Yeah, all of this sounds really hard to, to grapple with. You know, in one moment, it sounds so absurd, so ridiculous. Then the next, it sounds you know, actually deeply disturbing and violent, and then also really sad to think of all the people who are susceptible to believing in this. It's really sad. Um, when you kind of dig down deep into it and you kind of see these followers in real life, see them speaking to her, and some of them are crying, and it's really heartbreaking. Um, these people aren't here for a laugh. They're not here for a joke. Mm. Um, they truly believe this, and it's sad, and 
I hope we can help them. I, I, I don't like to think these are people that we, we are going to write off. I, I hope we can figure out a way to, you know, bring them back down to earth and uh, carry on a normal life. This is such a like such a wild story, um, mm-hmm. you know, for for anybody to listen to, to go down these rabbit holes. I'm wondering if you could just explain, though, why you report on on fringe conspiracy figures like this. Why do you think it's important that we talk about them? And, and what questions do you grapple with when you when you're talking about them in this way? I think it's really important to kind of report on this because it is something that's kind of unfolding in real time and is taken a lot of people's loved ones away from them. Um, we've seen violence does come from this kind of fringe activity and these fringe conspiracies. Um, we know that kind of the QAnon movement has uh, millions of followers across the world. And on another sense, we know that, as we spoke earlier, law enforcement um, is having a very hard time dealing with them. So I think it's important that we have reporters who kind of understand this to kind of fill that hole. But I also think this is something that you shouldn't report on willy-nilly. Because when you do report on these groups, you know you're going to drive people towards them. Um, Mm. We work very hard to only report on things that have either reached a precipice of real-world activity like we saw with the cease and desist letters or something that we feel – uh, could be a danger like this call to violence. But I think this is something that you need to be very cognizant of. And it's hard, but worth it, I guess I would say. Mac, thank you so much for this today and for, for all your reporting on this very bizarre and disturbing story. Yeah, thanks for having me on and letting me kind of rant about it. I really appreciate it. Before we go today, an update on last week's story out of High River, Alberta, where employees at the Cargill beef processing plant have narrowly averted a possible strike and lockout. On Saturday, workers there voted in favor of a new contract, which includes provisions to ensure worker health and safety benefits and new rights for sick employees. This comes in the aftermath of a massive COVID-19 outbreak at the plant in spring 2020 that left hundreds sick and three dead. The union representing workers at the plant called the contract vote a bittersweet victory and said reforms of the meatpacking industry are still needed. That's all for today. And if you like this episode, please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Angela Starrett in for Jamie Poisson. Thanks for listening to Frontburner. That is your Monday morning edition of Frontburner from CBC News here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. You can also catch Frontburner on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. In a moment, Alan Wishart will be in with the Thursday guest. It'll be Lois Westlake in to talk about uh, big happenings this Saturday at the Farmer's Market as well as here in the Q3 building. Leadership for virtual teams has introduced non-traditional skills for the most adept organizational leaders. Skills are put to the test when striving to engage and connect with team members to perform cohesively. Learn to engage your virtual staff and volunteers with a half-day workshop from Vantage Point. 
Registration and full details are available through the training link at thevantagepoint.ca. Engage your virtual staff and volunteers Thursday, January 20th from 9 to noon through thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point has a great list of downloadable resources to help your nonprofits excel. From Strong to Abundant is a valuable tool to help organizations move from a foundation of excellent governance, leadership, planning, and people practices to meaningful opportunities which engage talented volunteers at all levels. Help your organization reach the next level by taking advantage of the Vantage Points from Strong to Abundant and other downloadable resources through the media link at vantagepoint.ca. Life Sciences BC's next showcase series is on Prince George, Tuesday, December 14th. Join in for a unique opportunity to learn more about Life Sciences BC, along with the cutting-edge research and development being done right here in our community. The event will include a wide range of guests from the political, business, and academic worlds. That's Life Sciences BC's showcase series, Prince George, Tuesday, December 14th from 10 to 11. Register today through lifesciencesbc.ca. A message from the War Amps. When you use a War Amps key tag, you protect your keys. If you lose your keys, the finder can call the number on the back of the tag or drop them in any mailbox. And the War Amps will return your keys to you for free. Order your key tags today at waramps.ca. And make a difference in the lives of amputees, like me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it is Alan Wishart sitting in this morning on After 9. And we are waiting to get in touch with Lois Westlake from the Prince George Farmer's Market. One thing I can tell you, from, because we are, of course, kitty corner to them here at the corner of Quebec and 3rd, and Steve, their windows look really festive now. Oh, they did a good job. Yeah, they were out there yesterday, weren't they? Well, they were out washing and cleaning the windows, and yeah. then, then they started painting. Yeah, and I think they had sort of the signs, if you will, up before, the open Saturday, 8.30 to 2. Actually, they scrubbed got, off a, oh, and then re- redid it. Okay. re-cleaned and then redid it. And now they've got some uh, some uh, winter scenes up there as well, which is kind of nice to see. Looks good. And they've got a big event coming up on Saturday, and that's what we're hoping to talk to Lois about. Um, and we have got a community market on a Saturday, as we have for the past few weeks and will have for the foreseeable future. Uh, ours here at uh, the Q3 building, the Q3 complex, um, a little bit more maybe towards crafts and stuff. They don't have as many food vendors here. I don't think we've got any food vendors actually right now. But again, farmer's market does, so works out nicely. So to some extent, it's almost the same as it is during the summer. Mm-hmm. Instead of being, being, being down at Wilson Square, though, the craft market is here inside, which is kind of nice to have. Nice. Yeah. So we will see that. And again, it's on at the same time as the uh, farmer's market from 8.30 until 2 on Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, obviously. Uh, another thing to keep uh, in mind for this upcoming weekend is uh, both the local major hockey teams, shall we say, are in town. They've both got events going on. Spruce Kings actually start tonight a three-game series with the Cranbrook Bucks. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And uh, the Friday night game, so tomorrow night's game, is the Drop drop the Gloves and Sock a Tomb event, where they are asking you to bring winter 
apparel, if you will. And they're wearing their 80s? Yes. 80s uh, retro sweaters? Yeah, I think that's the entire weekend is what they're doing for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so tomorrow night, when the Spruce Kings score their first goal, you toss the stuff onto the ice, and please bring it in bags, because... One of that wooden stuff, yeah, it really messes the ice up. And the same thing holds true on Saturday night at CN Center with the Cougars hosting the Kamloops Blazers for their uh, annual Teddy and Tuke Toss. They're both on at the same time. Well, Friday and Saturday. So it's the same weekend. And it worked out nicely because that's still a couple of weeks before Christmas, so it gives... Um, Plenty of the, time. It gives the, them time to get the stuff to the groups who are going to then be distributing it to the kids and adults who are going to be needing it for the Christmas season. You bet. And with the... <laughs> I'm sorry. With the uh, bears that are tossed at the uh, Cougars game, um, a lot of them go to Salvation Army, but they almost always have more than they can use. And so I'm pretty sure they take some of them up to the hospital. They take some of them to the other care homes around the community. Just, it, they, I know they take them to the hospital to make sure that every child who's in the hospital over Christmas mm-hmm. gets a teddy bear. Gets a teddy bear. Even if they can't celebrate Christmas with their family and get the rest of their presents right then and there, they'll get a teddy bear at least. So so that helps. And though that's always kind of a nice thing to have. It goes a long way with a little kid. Yes. And just the fact that somebody, again, you know, with COVID, I'm still not sure. I suspect the hospital visiting hours are still pretty restricted. So they may not be able to see their family as often as they obviously would like to if they're in the hospital at this time of year. Not a place to be. No. But uh, at least they can uh, get that one visit that means something with the teddy bear showing up at their uh, hospital bed. And uh, are you going to be joining us or no? Yeah, I guess I can. Okay, Reg, Reg, <laughs> just, just trying Reg, to get Reg. my laptop. To yeah, I, that's why. I, that's why I was sort of chuckling a couple of minutes ago as I glanced over there because he brought his computer over, set it up, started pushing buttons, and then he got this look on his face. And yeah, I was thinking, well, okay, I don't want to get the mic on right now, or else we might be off the air. It's very finicky, and if it gets moved incorrectly, Uh, then it doesn't want to start up properly. So it'll start up, and you go to the window screen, and then it'll shut down, reboot. And then, so Hmm. now I'm going through that current, the uh, second reboot process, hoping to, what I'm trying to find is the information that was sent to me about About the farmer's uh, market. They have... Uh, some of their vendors are doing specials this weekend for yep. their Super Saturday event. Yeah. And uh, others have uh, some special products that they'll mm, have on okay. hand. So that's a couple of things. That, uh, so the Q3 is is just crafts? Uh, for the most right part, now. yeah. Well, yeah. crafts and there's some uh, stuff that you would probably find at a garage sale type th- thing, okay. right? Okay, yeah. right on. Uh, one of the vendors that will be here it will have uh, Christmas wreaths. Oh, and good time be for that! Right yes. outside our door here, okay. so that'll be yeah. kind of nice. Uh, that was uh, uh, lady who had uh, set up had a table a few weeks back, but she was ill a few weeks Ooh. in a row here, so she yeah. was unable to be down the last but uh, she's couple back. of weeks. But back, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll coming and, up on Saturday. And we I hate to put it this way, but Saturday is two weeks till Christmas. 
Way to go, Alan. Yes. I don't know why he hates to put it that way. It's fairly accurate. It's just, well, it's fairly accurate, <laughs> but it, a, it reminds a good statement of fact. It reminds me that I do not have a lot of my Christmas shopping done. I don't know about anybody else. Well, uh, Alan, you don't have to give me anything, okay? That'll make it easier for you. Okay, thank and you. And I'll do the same for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I not even that lump of coal I gave you last year. Last yeah. year, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, did, I didn't mind the lump of coal. It was the fact that you threw it at me. <laughs> the other the other thing that uh, is taking place Saturday, not just the market itself, mm. but there will be uh, some prizes available. Oh. So you'll be able to enter for some prizes okay. just by coming in. Yeah. To and there was gift certificates for different sh- stores, wasn't there? Shops? I believe that's that's what the, the giveaway is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is some gift certificates. Yeah. Uh, so... And that's always handy. Yes, to say the least. Yes. Okay. And on that note, we are going to go to a quick break and be back with more after nine. A solid foundation for new and aspiring not-for-profit managers can mean the difference between moving forward or feeling stuck. Vantage Point's Essentials for New Managers covers tools and approaches to achieve success in new management roles. Take part to dissect topics like your role as a manager and supporting your team's performance. Registration and full details are available at thevantagepoint.ca. Level up your management skills over three Tuesday evening sessions. Essentials for New Managers from Vantage Point, starting February 8th via Zoom. Vantage Point offers many great courses to help not-for-profits succeed in our increasingly difficult society. To help alleviate financial barriers to those valuable learning opportunities, several bursaries are available, thanks to many generous donors. Full details on these ongoing funding sources are available through the training link at thevantagepoint.ca. General inquiries can be emailed to info at thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point, transforming not-for-profit leadership at thevantagepoint.ca. For more than 20 years, Prince George residents have united with communities across the country to support the annual Relay for Life. The Canadian Cancer Society is urgently seeking volunteers for next year's event. The Society is hoping to return to in-person events, bringing back the beloved Prince George Relay on June 11th. This won't be possible without a team of dedicated volunteers. For a full list of vacant volunteer roles, visit the links page at cfisfm.com. Interested volunteers can also email relay at cancer.ca for more information. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today. Wind from the south at 20. A high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 9. Partly cloudy tonight. South wind becoming light late this evening. A low of minus 7 with a wind chill to minus 12. For Friday, mainly cloudy with a few flurries. Wind from the south at 40 gusting to 60 in the morning. A high of 0 with a morning wind chill to minus 15. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. And joined on the phone now by Lois Westlake, the Vice President of the Prince George Farmers Market. Good morning, Lois. Good morning. Now, first question i got to ask is, have you had a chance to see the windows at the Farmers Market? Yes, I have. Wow. They look nice, don't they? They certainly do. Yeah, because we were here and they were doing them yesterday while we were on the air. Yes. And we kept looking over there because the little kitty corner and going... Those are looking nice. Yes. Yeah. Now, was the plan to do it for this weekend because you've got the special event coming up? Yes, we have what we call Super Saturday. Yeah. Um, we're having a visit from Santa from uh, 10, 
10 in the morning till 1 in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and he'll be handing out treats to the kids. And if people want to take pictures of the children with them, they certainly can. He's only handing out treats to the kids? Yeah. So well, I can't... Well, to all the kids, so you know, that that's a <laughs> wide range of ages. Okay. okay, so I might still have a chance. <laughs> and, uh, some of our vendors have specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones we know about right now are Jam Shack. We'll be having a dollar off each bag of limited edition of rum eggnog butter crunch candies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rum eggnog, eggnog butter. butter crunch candies. That sounds dangerous on so many fronts. <laughs> I know. Um, actually, her stuff is delicious on so many uh, fronts. I can I can believe that, but just the list of ingredients on that one just... Yeah. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Elixir for Life people will be offering $5 off each tea bag and tonic oh. combination. Yeah, okay. Uh, and they have additional savings on bulk orders of 1,000 millimeter bottles mm-hmm. of tonic. Yeah. Tennis Farm will have fresh ham. Ooh. Just in time for if you decide to have ham and, and, at Christmas or yep. save it for New Year's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Quadra Island Fisheries will also be on site with their fresh Dungeness crab and frozen BC spot prawns. Crab and prawns. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and we will be doing a food drive for St. Vincent de Paul's uh, okay. to help out with our downtown neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, Every donation of non-perishable food items will get an entry into one of two door prize draws okay. that are filled with donations from some of our vendors. Okay. We will also be accepting cash donations, which will also get an entry form for every $5 donated. Great. And my and, quick question. You were saying Santa's there from 10 until 1. Yeah. But the Santa's, farmer's market... Santa's from 10 till 1. Yeah, but the, but the market itself runs from when? 8.30 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. So that's what I thought. I just wanted to check and make sure that, okay, they hadn't changed things on me. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mandy with the MP Makeup Artistry will be giving our windows a fresh winter look, so that's what she did yesterday. Okay. yeah. And uh, thank you very much for your help and support. No, no. That, I kind of thought it might be Mandy, just looking at the style even yeah. that was being put up. I was thinking, that looks like it might be Mandy's stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, and she, and I will just say this much on her behalf as well. She had a great day to do it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't cold. It wasn't windy. It yeah. wasn't snowing. Yes, we had good weather yesterday. We were down there in the afternoon doing decorating on the inside of the building. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's all festive now and ready for so, the season. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. how many vendors are you going to have there on Saturday? I believe we're going to have somewhere around 30 different vendors. Wow. Yeah. We have lots of vegetables yet. Mm-hmm. Um, our one girl has a lot of greens, mm-hmm. fresh greens. Yeah. She grows in a greenhouse. Yeah. Uh, there'd be a lot of baking. Yeah. Um, there's lots of um, canned goods uh, in the jams and jelly areas mm-hmm. and relishes and that sort of thing. Um, there's lots of, um, we have, our, of course, our home, homegrown barbecue sauce mm-hmm. from one of the, the vendors, yeah. Torque. Uh, we have uh, fresh coffee from the uh, North Roast people. Mm. So we have a, a lot of vendors. We have two or three meat vendors mm-hmm. um, in addition to Tennis Farms. Yeah. So we do have... Um, a fair variety of stuff. Yeah. Now, from what you were saying, 
because I have not been in there recently, are the vendors sort of in areas depending on what their main product is? Um, we try and distribute them throughout so that okay. if people miss somebody in one area, they can catch them around going around the corner. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we do have uh, a center aisle where there's vendors, and we have them all around the outside of the building. So okay, yeah, where are you, where you are depends on how much power you need. <laughs> yes, of course. Because we don't want to be running power lines across walkways and stuff. So no, that takes a little bit of the fun out of it. Yeah, so we we kind of don't want people tripping so now do you have anything like i'm guessing covid passport is required i'm sorry is the covid passport required um no we don't need the passport we're like a grocery store okay but we do like to see you with a mask on yes yeah to protect everyone else okay yeah and now when you get in is there sort of a designated path to follow that takes you by all the vendors? or? Yep. We usually have our arrows on the floor okay. showing the flow of traffic should go like yeah. to the right when you go in your door mm-hmm. and come around okay. to the left from there. Yeah, but you can always do another loop if you suddenly realize you missed somebody on the first try. You, you certainly can, oh, yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, because 30, I'm, again, I'm just kind of glancing over there and saying 30 vendors? Where do you fit them all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because again, um, like pre-COVID, how many vendors would you usually have had inside during the winter? Um, we're at capacity right now, and I think we're right around 30. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, you know, we switch some of them off. We mm-hmm. have some people that don't necessarily want to be there every week. Okay. So um, we do have some place the spots that are rotational spots mm-hmm. you might have like i the person next to me uh, there's two different vendors that work the table um they do it on a rotational basis once you're one week once you're the next okay. they each get two weeks a month okay yeah okay well so we're going to take a quick break come back and talk some more about the farmer's market okay after nine The 2022 BKT and OK Tire World Women's Curling Championship is March 19th to 27th at CN Center. Full event, championship weekend, opening weekend, and Monday to Thursday single-day packages are all available for purchase online through curling.ca and at the CN Center box office. All fans, athletes, volunteers, and event staff will need to provide proof of full vaccination. The 2022 BKT and OK Tire World Women's Curling Championship... March 19th to 27th at CN Center. The Alzheimer's Society of BC is supporting an accurate new dementia drug review process in Canada. People living with Alzheimer's disease or a mild cognitive impairment or their caregivers are encouraged to provide their feedback. Results will be used to inform a national review of the new drug to treat Alzheimer's disease. For more information or to do the survey, visit alzbc.org slash drug review or alzbc.org slash drug review dash caregivers. CNC has a new program available to guide entrepreneurial-minded Indigenous youth on how to take their business ideas from concept to reality. The Laclaz Way Hut Business Startup Program provides students with 12 weeks of training to gain the knowledge and confidence to start a business or further their education. Open to youth aged 15 to 29, applications and full details can be accessed through the link on the events page at cfisfm.ca. Laclaz Way Hut Business Startup, January 17 to March 21st at CNC. The entire family is affected when a parent or child has a mental illness or substance use problem. 
The latest issue of Visions asks how can family-centered care support everyone? Visions is a collaborative journal published quarterly by the BC Partners in Mental Health and Substance Use Information and funded by BC Mental Health and Substance Use Services. To read the latest edition of the Visions Journal, visit the BC Schizophrenia Society's website at bcss.org. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Lois, with the special Saturday event coming up, are are the vendors who are going to be there the same vendors people who go to the farmer's market every week will be used to seeing, or are there new people? Um, it, there's not too many new ones right mm-hmm. now. Uh, most of it will be regular vendors that they see regularly. Yeah. Okay. So there's nobody who just said, I'd like to come in for that Super Saturday sale, and that was the only time they're going to show up. Oh, that's difficult because yeah. we have vendors <laughs> sitting in the wings waiting to be rotated in. So Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying you've got the rotation. Even with that rotation in place, do you still have a waiting list of vendors saying, you know, if somebody has to opt out, like maybe their, their growing season is over and they have to go, are, have you got people waiting um, we do have people waiting to come in. Wow. And, uh, yes, we, we have um, actually probably uh, probably 10 to 15 vendors that are, that are um, looking, like waiting for tables kind of thing. So yeah. basically you could lose like a third to a half of the vendors who you've got on Saturday just suddenly saying, okay, we're going to take some time off, and yeah. you'd be able to fill your tables. We, we, Hopefully most of the time. Sometimes we'll have empty tables in the winter when it's slower and people tend to take, you know, longer yeah. vacations and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm guessing, how many of the vendors come from out of town as well? Yes, we do have vendors from uh, uh, Vanderhoof, and we have vendors like our, our lady with the honey. She's mm-hmm. she's from Vanderhoof. Yeah. Um, they have a farm there. And we have, uh, you know, people from Clucas Lake and people from, uh, you know, Hickson and, and mm-hmm. down south, and we... Once in a while, have a vendor from Quinell. And, uh, of course, Quad Rider and Fisheries come from the coast. Oh, yes. And uh, they've been up several times this summer, and they seem to enjoy coming to Prince George. So So with the vendors like that, though, as well, uh, the roads would make a bit of a difference as to whether they might have to miss a week as well. Yes, that's right. And they they don't uh, plan on coming every week. They're actually, at this point, trying to be here once a month. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just didn't, like, they couldn't come the one year week because the road was closed mm-hmm. and that, like, it, it, yeah. it, there was a problem somewhere down around 100 Mile or something, yeah. so so they couldn't get through. But, you know, other than that, they, they're they trying to come at least once a month, so. So they've got a setup then where they come, let's just say, for example, they come the third Saturday of the month, and you've got somebody else who fills in on the other ones, but knows that they won't be available, that they won't be able to take the table on that. Day. That's correct. Okay. And of course, Quad Island, when they come, they generally park outside. Oh, okay, that makes be- sense. Yeah, because they got the fish, the the crabs and stuff in the tank in the on the truck. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, which must be kind of nice for you guys to actually have somebody outside. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because during during the winter, like during the summer, you guys are all over the place outside. Yes. During the winter, not quite so much. No, we kind of like to keep close to the heater. <laughs> yes. Now, is, is, does that ever become a matter of dispute between some of the vendors as to who gets to stand closest to the heater? 
No. Okay. No. We all just have an extra jacket. Okay. <laughs> Prince George people, yes, we know the system. Well, we, we've come, we come prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there a limit, again, going back to COVID procedures, you're saying you don't need the passport, but you are, you're... It, you're asked to wear a mask. Do you have a restriction on how many people can be in the building? Um, yes, we do have to watch the number of people okay. in the building. We kind of keep an eye open for crowding and that sort okay. of thing. Yeah. So somebody who comes at a certain point may be asked to wait outside for a couple of minutes. Well, they might be just asked to wait in the in the sort of the vestibule. Okay. Yeah, uh, as as we you know get people going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're not going to be stuck outside in the cold and miserable rain or whatever. Not necessarily. No. no. Yeah. Unless they upset you guys, in which case they have to stand outside. I'm sorry? Unless they upset somebody, one of the vendors, in which case they have to stand outside and wait. Yeah. 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 So don't don't upset the vendors, people, if you go there. So, again, Lois, what are the times, what are some of the specials on this Saturday at the Prince George Farmer's Market? Uh, what are the times of the specials? Yeah. What are the times and what are some of the specials? Well, the specials, um, some of them are... Uh, where's my where's my prompt sheet here? <laughs> um, the specials are that we know of. There there could be more in store spe- in, oh, yeah. in building specials. Um, the Jam Shack will be having a dollar off each bag of the limited edition rum eggnog mm. butter crunch candy. Yes. Alexa for Life will be offering five dollars each off five dollars off each tea bag and five milled tonic combination mm-hmm. and additional savings on bulk orders of 1,000 milliliter bottles of right. toxic. Okay. Uh, Tennis Farm will have fresh ham. Mm-hmm. Quadra Island Fisheries will be on site with their fresh Dungeness crab and frozen BC spot prawns. Mm. Mm. Um, and we're doing a food drive for St. Vincent de Paul right. to help out with our downtown neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, every donation of non-perishable food items will get an entry into one of two door prizes, prize draws that are filled with donations from some of our vendors. Right. We will be accepting also cash donations, and mm-hmm. those people will also get a, an entry form into the prize for every $5 donated. Okay, and you were saying there's a special visitor coming for part of the day as well. Pardon me? You were saying there's a special visitor coming for part of the day. Yeah, wow. the star of our show on Saturday is Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to be right at the front of the market. Mm-hmm. When you walk in the door, you'll see him. Okay. And um, people are welcome to situate their children at, with Santa, and they can yeah. take any photos they like. Okay. So it just occurred to me, you're talking about the food drive. So what you do is you bring food to the farmer's market. Yeah. And then walk out with more food. Yeah. Okay. So you bring in something that's yeah. non-perishable, and you go out with something that might be. Okay. Makes like sense. a dozen eggs or something. And then you might even end up with more food later if you went on the door prices. You, you could do that, yes. Okay. And now what time is the farmer's market itself running on Saturday? We're open from 8.30 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. Okay. And I know, I think I've talked to you or other people from the market before, the 2 o'clock is a little bit of leeway sometimes, like it's not like the vendor's going to toss you out right at 2 o'clock if you're trying to buy something. Well, if you happen to walk in the store at 2 minutes to 2 and you want to buy something, you're probably welcome to buy it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Lois Westlake with the Prince George Farmers Market, thanks very much for talking to us about the Super Saturday event coming up this weekend. 
thank you very much, and happy holidays to everyone. You too. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So, again, that's uh, Prince George Farmer's Market, Kitty Corner to us, as we always like to say, from 830 to 2, which, coincidentally enough, is the same hours as the craft market in our vestibule there on you go. Saturday. Yeah. It's amazing the way that works out. It's, it's, it's like it was planned, you know? Well, you go get your food first. So yes. that you, you do get it. Well, yes. And then you can shop for crafts. Yeah, although remember, the food, a lot of it is perishable items. Mm-hmm. So you may want to come in, get your crafts first, take your chance with the food, because then you can get the food right home. Don't you want some of that candy? <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that, that sounded dangerous on so many levels, though. Holy cow. Yeah. But also, I mean, if... If you're looking for something for Christmas and you're looking for something a little bit different, she was saying they've got hams, mm-hmm. fresh hams. So there's something. A lot of people do have a ham at Christmas. I think more people maybe have ham at New Year's. What What does your family usually have, Steve? It was usually turkey. Usually turkey at Christmas and then at New Year's as well? or Well, New Year's was just leftover turkey. <laughs> Funny, in our family, we never, the turkey leftovers usually didn't make it that far. <laughs> no, we usually had a ham. Well, I shouldn't quite say that. We usually had, like, the turkey buns, Boxing Day and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, turkey sandwiches. But yeah. then a lot of times, Mom would take some of the rest of the turkey and freeze it and then make it, like, uh, turkey dumplings later in the year, oh. which was really nice to have, like a nice hot bowl of turkey dumplings. Mm. I just like eating it with a lot of cranberry. Mm, yeah. Cranberry dressing? Real cranberry. Okay. With the berries and everything. Okay. I like with dressing mashed potatoes. Ooh. I always like mashed potatoes. But uh, we'll talk some more about that, I think, in the next couple of weeks, because we've still got a couple of weeks until Christmas. Isn't that lunchtime yet? But for now, we got to wrap this show up. Uh, tomorrow, of course, front burner and then the panel after nine. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.